gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Becoming Men podcast. I'm your host, Ray Delanues, and this is the podcast for good men on their journey to live epic lives. I show up every week with legendary guests who help me bring you some of the most impactful content out there on masculinity, and we don't disappoint. This week's episode is brought to you by mastermypurpose.com, but a little bit more on that later. Today, I sit down with Matt Schneider, who is the co-founder of the Modern Day Night Project. This is a 75-hour self-development crucible for men. We talk about the impact of the project and every man's continual need to face the daily crucible of life, to shatter self-doubt, to gain clarity, and to heal from trauma. Gentlemen, Matt Schneider. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the Becoming Men podcast. All right. Thank you, sir. Happy to be here, man. Appreciate the invitation. Brother, I honestly was really excited to have you on just because I, I'm seeing, you know, electronically, digitally, seeing everything that you guys are doing. And I'm, I'm almost provoked to like throw myself in there and be like, hey, can I actually survive the 75 hour challenge, you know, through this thing called the project? But before we even jump into like what that is, what you've been up to with that, I really want to know, man, you can go back talk to yourself for one minute, right? Picture like 25 year old Matt. What would you say to that guy? The 25 year old version of me, you know, I would probably just really stress the importance of mentorship. Mm. It wasn't until a little bit later, probably about a decade later that I really started to realize the magnitude of that, you know, that, that theory and the messaging around, you know, you are the sum of the five people you surround yourselves with. And and just how much good can come from cutting out toxic behavior, toxic relationships, and surrounding yourself with with good quality people, good quality relationships and habits, and 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 really, if I were to go back to the, the you know the twenty five year old me, it would just be to really be focused in on having strong mentors, the kind of mentors I have in my life now. But rewind it fifteen years to where I would be that much further ahead of the game than I even am now. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean even just looking at the last five years of my life, just how much of a difference it's made, just bringing some people alongside of me to say, Hey, like, keep me accountable to this, you know, hold me to my word on that. Like it's just been transformative, but what is it like during that time of your life that you were going through that was happening that you would say like, no, I, I actually needed mentorship big time. Well, you know, at that time I was, I was a still a rookie police officer. And so I okay. was, I, my head was on straight. You know, I had put myself through college. I had uh, at that time, you know, degree in psychology. And, and so it was just getting into my career as a deputy sheriff and um, had at that time found what I, what I thought was going to be my, my career path and the thing that I was going to do forever because I just absolutely loved the job. But you know, that where it comes to the mentorship, it's, it's the, the understanding that there are people out there who just think way bigger. Right. And I, and I wasn't thinking big enough. I was thinking about, about uh, my community and, you know, I was thinking big, but big on a small scale, if that makes sense. I wasn't thinking <laughs> yeah. globally. I wasn't thinking about like global impact and, and the kind of wealth and the kind of donations and the kind of charity and kind of like just the way that I could touch people at that time. And so it was the mentors that, that helped me understand what, um, what growth really is, what personal growth is, what professional growth is, what what it means to be wealthy, both, you know, internally and externally, you know, financially and and personally, you know, for, with relationships and and the mentors that that really helped me see what it means to focus on health, wealth and relationships. Yeah. Maybe that came at like the right time, though, because could 
your 25 year old self have handled this information and the quality mentorship that you're getting right now? What would, what would you say? Could have handled it. Yeah. Would you have like taken it serious? Maybe would you have like really listened? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not to be honest. <laughs> you know, um, if I think about myself then thinking about how, how many things about the world I thought I had figured out. Right. And I've always had a strong level of belief in myself because I've had to, you know, we don't, we don't have a tremendous amount of time to really go deep into my background, but I, I, I grew up in a way to where I had to figure things out on my own okay. in a big way all throughout my life. And so as a result of that, I had a high level and continue to have a high level of, of confidence in myself, my ability to figure things out. I have a true belief that winners will always find a way to win. And so I think I, I had that at 25, but I think it probably wasn't humble enough to really realize that that real success and real achievement and, and real impact doesn't happen alone. That it does require other people to be in your circle to, to help you get there, and that you have to be vulnerable. You have yeah. to be, you know, as a young cop and you know, probably a young marine, probably even you know, can relate. Like, you, like you feel like I got this. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm locked on. I got this, and and uh, you probably want to tackle too many things to to show the world what you're made of. But really, that's if I were to look back, that's probably how I would have handled it. Versus now, it's like I'm all about you know, the strength in numbers. I'm all about, you know, being that, that person that has that white belt, uh, white belt yeah. mentality, the CEO mindset, you know, but, and probably jujitsu has probably helped me realize that over the last few years too. <laughs> that, That's that awesome. Mindset. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I had somebody uh, on the podcast say that they, whenever they did speaking engagements, they would find the biggest man in the room and bring him on the stage. Now this guy's like five, four, right. Skinny dude. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I bet you, I can outlift you. I could outbench you. What's your, what do you bench right now? You know, some guy put up some crazy number. He's like, I could absolutely outbench you. <laughs> and the guy would laugh at him. Like, what is he talking about? He's like, cause here's what, here's what I'm going to do. You're going to get on the bench and try to do your quick, you know, 350, and boom, you got it. Right. But I'm going to get on the bench. I'm going to put 400 on there, but I'm going to have eight dudes on each side spotting right, me. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So like, exactly. Right. Like you could do that, bro. Right. You can yeah. set your own record, but I know a little bit better than that. And I can right. bring other people alongside me and that in itself creates so much success. Absolutely, Man. So, okay. So you're like, you know, in your, in your early twenties, you're, you're in your twenties, you're kind of figured it on your own. Would you say like self-made man? No. Okay. No, I'm not. No, I'm not self-made. I, I think I started to have a shift probably when I was about, probably about 30 years old as I made the SWAT team. That's really when I started to really understand the value and significance and importance and necessity of, of like leadership and the different, the different places of leadership, right. That you lead from the yes. front, you lead from the middle, like your team leaders in the middle, yeah. you know, three or four spot, you know, leading from the rear and those different positional authority type places to lead. It's also, I think where I really started to grasp the importance of being strategic and and having having plans and the importance of having plans, but not just one, but many plans just in case something goes wrong. And the, the SWAT team, the special operations arena, and the, the, those those guys that I, that I was fortunate enough to to work with for five years, they taught me a lot about teamwork and leadership. And and I think that's when I really started experiencing a shift in my mindset about trying to be self made from the place of, of trying to, to think that I can, I can create so much by myself and really in just about every aspect of life, it, it takes a teamwork. It, it takes yeah. a team. It takes support. It takes, you know, 
being that source of strength for others and then receiving that source of strength as well. And, and just that, that dynamic and dichotomy as you, you move through the different phases of life. Yeah. I heard an old African proverb that says, uh, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go with others, right? You bring yeah. it. So just from us talking offline, it sounds like you've done an awesome job at bringing guys around you, right? To be able to create this experience, to be able to create this thing called the modern day night, the project, the modern day night yeah. project. I would really want to hear your heart on that. I know you're, you're one of the instructors in that and really hear what that's doing in young men's life and why something like that is helpful, impactful and why it works. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it really, it stems from just stepping back and taking a look at society and, and realizing that what we see men's role has always historically been throughout, you know, history and what myself and the other instructors believe it should continue to be, which is, which is just to continue to be a strong protector, a strong provider for families and for the families and their communities. And looking at, 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 at so many men that have become passive aggressive, so many men that, that have this sense of feeling like they were meant to do more, they were, they are yeah. capable of achieving more that they are just in this sense of feeling like they're in a rut and they're, they're feeling unhappy and they once had a fire in their belly. They once felt like they had this ability to go out and attack the world and yeah. accomplish anything. And, and just as, as life has it, sometimes life just has a way of beating people down and they lose that fire. They lose that kind of grit and that self-belief and it's kind of evident everywhere, right? There's a saying out there that good times uh, or, or strong, make strong men make good times. Good times make weak men, weak men make um, bad times and bad times make strong men. Right. So it's like this evolution. And we went many, many years of having really good times. And quite frankly, in the United States, we have nothing but first world problems. And so over time, I think it's just made in many cases, men who aren't just living up to their, their fullest potential. And that's kind of the foundation of the project and what myself and Bedros and Ray and Aaron and Steve talked about is, is how can we help these men that are just kind of white knuckling it through life? These men that aren't living to their fullest potential, they're living behind a facade, a mask. They're not being their, their authentic selves. Their relationships are struggling to resolve. Their, their finances are a mess. Their relationship with their kids are a mess. You know, divorce rates are high. Suicide rates are high. Like we just look at all these things and, and say, what can we do about it? Now, the product is a men's program because we know how men think. We know how men react to certain circumstances. We know, we know how to tap into the psyche of a man and, and help deal with the kinds of things that are going on that are getting in the way of them becoming their full potential. The product is, is not a female program. Females are, aren't allowed. And, and quite frankly, that's because men as men, we don't know the first thing about how to properly and effectively and responsibly break down a female and then be able to rebuild them back up. Right. What do we know about menopause? What do we know about childbirth? What do we know about, you know, menstrual cycles? Like we don't know what it's like to go through that and how, how that affects women. We don't know what it's like to be a woman with living in a world where the stats are one in one in four women in their lifetime will be um, sexually uh, assaulted, right? So what we do recognize is that it takes a group of women to put on a women's program. And, and so we're just not a good fit for it. But for yeah. the men, that's really what we look to do. We look to market to men who want to become the, their, their fullest potential. They want to break through the, the self-limiting beliefs. They want to start achieving 
more, having more, giving more, donating more, and just showing up to their fullest potential because life on this earth is is short, right? Yeah. And and there's yeah. a lot of people that probably depend on them. So for those men that it speaks to, we bring them on board for the 75 hours and we see how it shakes out. Let's take a quick moment to hear from the sponsor of this episode, mastermypurpose.com. If you want to clarify your God-given purpose, master the skills of some of the world's most successful and purpose-driven men, and march into action right now, then make sure that you head over to mastermypurpose.com for your free 21-day guide to a purpose-driven year. You'll be able to join the army of men already marching into a new direction and purpose. Again, that's mastermypurpose.com. Here's a question for you, just so we can get maybe a mental image. What does it look like when a man is not living up to his fullest potential? Well, that's a big question, but like, what do you, what are you envisioning? Who is that guy? How do I know if I'm that guy? I would say it's pretty self-evident. I was that guy for a period of time. So I can speak about myself. Yeah. What'd that look like? It looked like, uh, well, it, well, I was, it was young. I was young entrepreneur. I went into it with an extreme amount of belief in myself. Uh, this was in 2013. Strong belief that you know, hard work is the key to success. And that if I went into it and I worked hard enough, that I would, I would be successful. But I also knew that the stats of, of how many entrepreneurs fail in their first year and believed in myself so much that I would, was not going to be a stat. and was going to prove those stats wrong. But you know, I, I did stay open, but I was working long hours. I was getting paid next to nothing. I had risked everything. I'd cashed out my retirement. I had put everything on the line. My wife and my son were along the ride with me, but I was in the driver's seat. And, you know, I put us at risk of almost everything. You know, I mean, our credit went from like the mid 700s down to, I don't even know what I was, I didn't even want to look at it. I knew it was so bad, but it had to have been like in the, I don't know, maybe three or fours. I don't even know, but it was not good enough to qualify for a toaster oven back then, you know, and it was because I was, doing everything and anything that needed to be done in order to keep the lights on, keep the team being paid, you know, and uh, going back to the kind of the mentorship thing, I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't being an effective leader. Right. Sure. So, you know, to answer your question was I was working long hours, getting paid next to nothing, missing all kinds of events with, for my son, I was coming mm-hmm. home passive aggressive. My wife and son were getting the, the, the last of whatever I had in the tank. So I wasn't, I wasn't pleasant to be around. I was doing that fake it till you make it thing. Right. And so I would smile and laugh and be jovial and, and people around me would think that, you know, everything was going great. Right. And internally I knew I was a fraud, like internally I knew what was going on. And so you know, to answer your question, I think guys just know, I think guys know when they're being a fraud. I think they yeah. know when they're not authentically being themselves. And maybe, maybe these guys didn't go down the entrepreneurial path and have the heartache of trying to start their own company and figuring out how to come up with $30,000 a month just to break even. And they don't know what that path is like, but they know that they're working the same nine to five job that just isn't fulfilling to them. And they just wake up and they're, they're, they feel unfulfilled in life. They don't feel that spark and connection with their, with their spouse, their kids. They don't have that strong relationship with them to the, where, where they're really being able to communicate effectively. And it just, everything feels strained. Everything feels like it, it's taking more work than it should yeah. for the, the fact that these people are the, are the ones that are the most close to them. Right. And so, yeah. I think those are the kinds of things that it looks like and feels like yeah. everybody's circumstance is just a little bit different. I think it just boils down to 
when they know they're not being authentic, when they know that they aren't achieving in their heart of hearts, they're not achieving what they know they're capable of. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, man, because although guys might not have the vocabulary to specifically say, I feel like I'm just not living up to the greatest potential that there is out there for me. Right. Or like I say it here, like God created you to be a man, a specific mm-hmm. man. Right. And especially in different seasons, like, right. We are, we all fit different roles in different seasons. Like, you know, yeah. when you are not living up to that image, you right. can sense it. And, and, and maybe, you know, just to put some more words to it, guys, like knowing that there's a difference between surviving and thriving. Yeah. Because I think that we are doing a decent job at that in a first world country. Heck, I mean, I have families in a third world country who are surviving. They are just fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But thriving looks completely different when yeah. you can look at your wife and damn it, everybody can look at her and see that she's glowing. Yeah. Right. I've heard it said before, like the way that you can tell how a man is doing at home is you don't ask him, hey, man, how you doing? Because what's he going to say? He's going to say the same thing every man says, right? Like yeah, everything's good, bro. Just fine. Yeah. Everything's good. No, you look at his wife, right? You ask the man the question, how are you doing? Then look at his wife, right? Uh-huh. And yeah. see how is she glowing? Is there a sparkle there? Because that will tell you a lot. Look at the kids. Are the kids running away from him or running towards him? Right. And that's like, I think that's such a point of desperation right now, which is why I think the project is such a good tool for men because we're not, we don't have the right people, the right influencers identifying this stuff, giving it words, right? So we have the vocabulary to talk about it. And then there's definitely not the safety net or the space to be able to vocalize and come out and say, holy smokes, I just blew it as a dad, right? I just blew it as a husband for the 150 time, right? And we've only been married for 90 days. Right, right, right. But like, no, you're creating that. You guys are doing that. So like when guys come to you and they say, Hey, I'm interested in the project. What kind of signals are you guys looking for to say, Hey, you're, yeah, you're a good fit. Like this is something for you. They're ready to make a change. They're ready to, to really dig in and face their, their demons and they're ready to do something about it. You know what, what a lot of people see in the marketing material and the videos and the stuff that's out there is a lot of the the kind of the thrashing stuff, right? They see the manufactured adversity that the instructors put them through. So that way these guys can, can meet their true inner self and really come head to head and toe to toe with that person inside of them that, that wants to throw in the towel, that wants to give up, that wants to, to self-negotiate. And, you know, we talk about it this way when, when we meet, with them, we tell them you're going to meet two animals. You're going to meet the dragon or you meet the bear. And the dragon is, is going to be that internal conversation that is saying, why did you do this? What did you sign up for? All you got to do is ring the bell and everything stops, you know, and it's, and it's trying to negotiate them out of continuing on and going through the next evolution and just saying, I quit. That's the dragon, that internal conversation. The bear is the external environment. It's the, yeah. it's the instructors. It's the, it's the, the, the pit they're calling through or the weight that they're carrying. It's, it's the, the instructor in their face yelling at them and, and dealing with, with the external kind of chaos. Yeah. But the, the project as a whole is, is really kind of a metaphor for life, right? We, we, we really yeah. just in 75 hours, we, we bring a lot of chaos to them to help them understand how to manage through it, how to not 
give up on themselves, how to, to not give in to the, the weakness, how to overcome things. And but those are all the kinds of things that you see in the marketing material is, is that kind of chaos. You see yeah. that you see that the, the bears in full effect and it just makes for good marketing material. But what you don't see in the, in the, the marketing stuff is really probably the most important piece of the project. And that's a, that's a, um, a thing called a hunt and destroy. And it's a, it's a part of the, the process that we've, we've had a psychologist help build out. And it's a, it, without getting too much in the detail, cause it's a very private thing. What happens in the room is never described in, in or discussed outside of the room, but they're asked a very, very important question. And that question is, what is the most traumatic thing you've ever experienced in your life? And it's a question that most men and probably most people in general have never sat back and asked themselves. Yeah. And then we, we go through a very systematic process of saying, okay, how old were you? What happened? And how did it make you feel? And, and we bring it to life, right? Something yeah. that has been put in deep, dark compartment in their life is brought to brought to light. And we do it in a couple, a couple phases. And so we, we work through kind of bringing it to light. And, and the next phase is, is helping people understand how that thing created superpowers for them. Right. And so just as an example, a lot of stuff comes down to childhood. A lot of the experiences come down to when these, when these men were boys and they experienced some sort of trauma, whether it was, you know, an untimely death, a lot of divorce uh, related yeah. stuff, a lot of relationships with their dads or with their moms, just a lot of different dynamics as they were, they were raised. And that's, that's kind of the thing they go to. And when they think about the most traumatic event in their life, oftentimes it comes down to when they were a child. And then we talk about how that shaped them and how they started to see the world in a certain way and how, you know, if it was a sexual type of circumstance and they were molested or raped, how yeah. that could light up the brain as the you know psychologist uh, says, it lights the brain up and it lights a part of the brain up that should be lit up for many, many years. And, and the domino effect that that happens. Right. And so, yeah. but on the flip side, what's interesting is, is a lot of these guys, you don't realize that the profession that they've chosen and the people they help as a result of their profession or the charities that they donate their time and money to, or the compassion that they have or empathy that they have towards people or a certain population of, of people is all shaped because of that experience. We help them see that superpower. Yeah. And all of a sudden this, this mountain in their life, this thing that, that Ray, I'm telling you that probably, 70% of the time, what's described in that room, it starts with these guys saying, I've never shared this with anybody before in my life. My Oof. own spouse doesn't know this because they, they have this sense of shame or fear about, about it, it, talking about it. And within about 40 hours, we get these guys talking about it amongst the group and they, they don't even know these guys, but they're not even sharing with their wife and kids that they've been married to for a decade. And so you can imagine the kind of weight that's lifted off of them when they're able to verbalize something and it goes from a mountain to a molehill and they're able to realize that they're not broken, that they're not weird, that they're, you know, nobody's, nobody's scooting away from them. Nobody's leaning over and, 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 you know, talking about them. And it's just, they're just normal. Like the human journey yeah. is just yeah. an interesting journey. And we, and we all experience traumas along the way. And they, when they realize that it's incredible what that moment is like in their life, because all of a sudden it's something that can be managed. Something that was hidden away for their entire life is now this thing that's out in the open and they they're being given the tools 
to work through it. And that part's not within the marketing. So when, to, you know, to answer your question is we look for guys ready to do that kind of deep work, ready yeah. for, we're wanting the guys that aren't going to give up on ourselves that, that are going to put in the work to prepare to come that are ready to give up the, the vices and the habits and the things that have led to where there are and where they want to get away from. And all those boxes get checked and we will offer them an, an opportunity to apply for the project. Do you dream of being known as a resilient and confident Christian man? Maybe you've even wished that you would finally become more faithful and disciplined, but after trying so damn hard, you still don't see any lasting change. So you feel discouraged and ashamed. And I get that because that was me more than eight years ago. But I can tell you right now that one of the things that's going to help you become the man that God created you to be is by getting a life coach, somebody who's going to be in your corner and walking with you along the way. And because I understand the transformative power of a virtual life coach, I want to offer you a free session right now on me. All you have to do is head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. As we're talking about the project, right? And I know everybody here listening is going to be so curious about what the project is. Don't worry, guys. There's going to be links down below. You're going to be able to connect with these guys and see what's going on. But like from what I gathered and my understanding of it, and, and you said this too, it is a metaphor of like everyday life. Like every day is a project. You guys get to offer a 75 hour experience, which is amazing guys. Like the fact that there is a crew of highly trained professionals who want to take you down and a journey of yourself, right? Like, cause really that's what you're doing. You might not yeah. go very far. How far do you guys usually go? What's that look like in miles logged? Do you have anything, any stats like that? Oh, it's, it's over a marathon. There's, it's probably, okay. it's over 30 miles. Okay. So you're sense. right. So you're going to log some distance physically, yeah. but like internally and emotionally, you're going to log much more distance oh, than yeah. what you can in a year of you trying to do this alone right? Or trying to read a self-help book. And I know that not having gone through the project, I know that because it is the dynamic of being with other men and going through something like this. So again, going back to uh, what I was saying here, like the project is just a metaphor of the invitation that you have every single day. Every single man is given the opportunity to make himself the project, right? Like you are the project. That's This podcast is called Becoming Men because we are always in the process of becoming. We are always perpetually becoming the person who we are created to be. And guess what, guys? You would agree with me here that the person who you are today is way different than who you were 10 years ago. And you're the person you need to be now or working towards that person. And that guy's different than who you need to be 10 years from now. Yeah, right? So that is Exactly. It's a, it's a journey. I hated that. I hated that quote because I never understood it. I remember I was 16 when I first saw, you know, it's, uh, life's not a destination. It's a journey. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Like, okay, I'm almost 30 now. Okay. I get it now. Absolutely. So yeah, like I said, you're becoming, you are the project. You have this perpetual invitation every single day. And guess what? And, and this is maybe my, my fault. Anytime I messed up, let's say at home, right? I spoke to my wife with impatience and irritability again, right? Cause she's not a Marine, right? I met, I met with Marines all day long. And then I come home to my beautiful blonde hair, blue eyed, five foot four woman. Right. And she's like, says something that like sets me off, right? Irritability, uh-huh. impatience. Damn it. I messed up. I would have this like lag time, right? Where like the invitation stopped for a day, right? Like I wouldn't give myself the permission to like start over and get back at it. But like, no, like that invitation starts immediately. And then like, hey, you fall short. Guess what? 
you're still the project. You're still working. It starts again, right then and there. What are your thoughts, man? Oh, I mean, I, I agree completely. You know, Pedro's has in his gym where we do the, the project, we call it the compound. And it says never peak, the best is yet to come. Right. And that's, that's truly our belief system is that, you know, for those willing to put in that daily work and not allow themselves to, to get into the rut, but are willing to prioritize their personal growth, professional growth, their, their relationship growth. It, it is this thing where that growth continues to happen. But I also believe that, that unfortunately there's men out there who they, for one reason or another, they don't, they don't prioritize that growth and they, they go backwards and they, they get further from who they are actually potentially able to be because they, they aren't doing the things that is required for growth, right? Growth doesn't just happen. It takes, it takes focus energy and it takes work. And so I think that, that there's that saying out there, we're either growing or we're dying and all living things follow that methodology. We're either growing or we're dying. And so I completely agree. Life, life is a, is, is what we make it to be. And one of the things that we see that's very prominent with the guys that apply is they want that growth. They realize they're in that they're They're not stacking the wins as, as quickly as they're stacking losses. And on a daily basis, we're either stacking wins or losses. And these guys are realizing that for too long, the, the, at the end of the day or end of the week or end of the month, they've got, they've got a few more or many more losses than they'd have wins because they've continued to go down the path of the vice of the uh, DMing that, that, that girl, whatever that, that they shouldn't be right. when their wife is in the other room or, you know, and so they come to us because they, they recognize that they're not progressing the way they'd like to progress. They're not showing up the way that they, they need to be for themselves and for their families. And so they're looking for that. They're looking for how, they, they understand why it's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't know how to do it and they don't know what to do to get there. And they don't have the network around them to, to make it happen. A lot of these guys will sign up and their closest friends and family will say, what are you doing? Like, well, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you pay that kind of money to go and do that for 75 hours? And so when they're surrounded by people who, who think that way, it can be very challenging to, to go on this personal, professional and relational journey of progression, right? It's kind of like crabs, you know, the crabs always want to pull the other crabs trying to climb out of the back of the bucket back in. Right. So they have crabs in their life and they, they're looking to escape that they're looking to, to progress, to get to the point that you're talking about, which is um, that continued progression. So that in a year from now, they are a better version of themselves. Yeah. I posted something on social media not too long ago, and it wasn't the first time that I don't fear failure. I fear being in the same place I am right now, one year from now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm willing to feel a uh, fail forward along the way. As long as it, it, one year from now, I am a better version of myself than I am today. I, I fear more being exactly where I am at. I'm at today one year from now, than than the failure that comes along the way with, wow. with uh, that progression. Wow. That's, that is so powerful. And you know, the, the imagery that's coming to my mind is being stagnant. And so then I'm thinking, okay, what happens when you're, when you're stagnant? Okay. Stagnant water. Anytime water is not moving, it stinks. And yeah. what does it attract? Right? Like there's yeah. no, like when, when water's flowing and it's moving nutrients, it's moving life. It, it's completely different. It's not marshy. It's not full of flies and death. And actually, how about this? 
there's barely anything can survive in the dead, in uh, the dead sea. Yeah. The dead sea. Cause it's so salty, right? It's the only ocean that has things being poured into it, but that doesn't pour out. It's mm-hmm. stagnant water that is so full of salt. And so and some of us, right? Like that kind of relates. Like some of us are so salty that we're like, yeah. <laughs> we're too yeah. salty for our own good. Right. Yeah. And like nothing can survive in that water. But when you're, when you have movement, when you're putting out more than you're taking in, when you are flowing and things are able to live inside you, you have life flowing. That's just, yeah. a bit, you're a powerful man. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, and that's, and that really speaks to, you know, this thing that a lot of people, they think they want, but they don't realize how unobtainable it really is from the standpoint of balance, right? A lot of people want balance in their life mm. and, and, and kind of like stagnant water. When, when you have a level surface, right. And completely level, where does the water go? It just, it just stays stagnant, right. When it's completely balanced and level, the complete balance of anything that the, the number assigned to it is zero. Oh, that's good. And so people look for balance in life, but but you don't want balance and you have to have priorities and you have to have things that are more important than the other. And you have to go out and attack those things that are more important and let go of the things that are not more important and really identifying what are those things. Because if you're balanced out, you're not progressing, you're just staying neutral mm-hmm. and, and that, that neutral doesn't lead to growth. And so mm-hmm. it's a, you know, you put it a different way than, than I typically talk about it, but uh, we're saying the same thing that you Absolutely. have to have, you can't have that balance because you you have to have progression and progression requires, you know, movement. Imbalance. And so yeah. it, it requires <laughs> imbalance. <laughs> That's probably going to throw off some mindsets right there. Like, oh, I just want to find balance between work and like home. Like, how do you manage work and home balance? It's like, you don't, bro. You have a complete imbalance. Like that's how yeah. it's supposed to be. Because guys who are trying to balance it, they're just average dudes trying to survive. But that's, that's not right. what you're trying to do. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah. You know what? And I, this, this question's kind of been, uh, been bugging me. I got to ask you. So when you have guys go through kind of understanding like, hey, this is what you do is what you chose as a career. And it just so happens to tie to like, you know, some stuff from your past or like some longing, something within you that's really, you know, you called it like your superpower. How does that relate in you? Right. Cause you had an interesting career, right? Like a sheriff, then you did, you said you did SWAT and now mm-hmm. like with your, with your business, like everything that you're doing there, like what's that look like for you? How'd that all tie in? Yeah. So, you know, I think that it really just became a point to where, you know, so my mom is currently on her ninth divorce. And so, you know, my circumstance growing up was Uh, just having this revolving door of men coming and going my entire life and really never being able to, to have that permanent father figure who is that, that source of, of what it means to be a man and how to, how to grow up and, and recognizing how that showed up with me and how, how that created, you know, circumstances of, of fear of abandonment and uncertainty about what a man's role is and, and how a man shows up in a relationship. And I just made a decision very early on that I was not going to do to my son what what had happened to me and that I wasn't going to take the easy path. I really processed and interpreted what I was, what I was witnessing happening is choosing easy over hard. Yes. And, and every time the relationship got hard, the option that was taken was to take the easy path of divorce of the breakup and then just bring in the new person in and then just continue through the cycle of only wanting to be in a phase of the honeymoon stage. Right. And what that led to and how that really 
prevented in many ways, you know, this family unit progression. So I continue to start choosing hard over easy and looking for the benefits and the value that came from that. And, you know, from a law enforcement standpoint, it was really wanting to be a protector, somebody that stood, stood up and, and protected those that couldn't protect themselves and be that, that person that, that can make that difference for others who, who may, who may have not had it the same way I didn't necessarily have it. And it just kept kind of uh, progressing from there. As I mentioned, you know, the SWAT thing really instilled in me a lot of leadership and teamwork and communication and all those things. But the, the, I would say the, the biggest thing that, that came from those experiences that it was embedded to me is, is choosing hard over easy yeah. and, and not throwing in the towel when, when things get tough, but really digging in and really embracing the opportunity to, to challenge myself and lean on others that were going through the suck with me and realizing that there's a saying out there that, you know, the blood is thicker than water, but that, that saying is taken out of context and, and what it really means when, when you, um, when you share an experience where you are, you know, shedding blood in the process and what the bonds are that come from that versus, you know, some, some of the, the natural, you know, relationships that happen through the water of the womb. Right. So, wow. That's good. Okay. That makes, is, is that really how that, where that comes from? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, um, in fact, I got to, I don't know if your viewers will be able to see this, but this actually came from a, a buddy of mine, the blood, the blood of, the of the covenant. Wow. Yeah. So this is, it's on a project knife, but it comes from exactly that, that is taken out of context. A lot of people think that, that relationships you, when you, when you share blood with somebody, those are supposed to be the priority. Those are always supposed to be the relationship that you choose versus water. That's not as thick as blood. Well, that's, that's actually not what it means. What it means is the relationships that you have based on experiences where you shed blood and experiences that were that deep and meaningful, those bonds will be tighter than simply just the relationship that's shared based on sharing the water of the wound. Right. And, and so that's what it means. And how about this added benefit, right? Like you don't choose when you share the water, but you mm-hmm. choose when you do spill the blood, right? Like when you are yeah. both working and there's that blood being shed together, that's a choice that you are making with that other person. Man, that is so interesting. I'm glad I, I'm glad we went there. So guys, there you have it, right? Like these are the kind of men that are involved and engaged in the project. Guys who are introspective, who've been able, who can show up with authenticity and say like, this is what I've been through. This is what has you know transpired in my life this is where I made the change and look where we are right now. Right. And it's a continual process, a continual becoming uh, still going through your own projects. I'm sure. But man, Matt, if you could send guys somewhere to either get, find out more, get started, get connected with you, where do they go? Where do you send them? I would say if they want to connect with me and I love connecting with guys that are, that are wanting to be on a journey of, of progress. And so they can connect with me directly on Instagram. Uh, you know, that's Matt Schneider underscore official. If they're interested in the, the project, they can either DM me there or go directly to the website, which is the mdkproject.com forward slash Matt. And they'll be able to see all about the project and uh, get some more information. It's got a strong Q and A and, and if they have any questions after going to the, the page can connect with me and we can talk about it. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Becoming Men podcast. My hope is that this show is impactful and that it, it is a tool for you to grow as you become the man that you were created to be. 
If this is your first time joining us, then make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you won't miss another life-changing episode. And by the way, if you want to reach me, get a hold of me personally, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter at Ray Delanuez. And if you want to help us transform the lives of men from around the world, then you can right now by taking a quick moment to leave us an honest review on iTunes. That small little act does so much to get this podcast in front of the right men. Gentlemen, until next time, continue to march. 